Allô, je m'appelle Cornichon et vous écoutez le Work For It podcast. OK. I right. get it. Well, yeah, and, and this one, this right here is for Mr. Lando Novak. <laughs> I love I you. I love you. Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Dennis Terrell of Terrell Knifeworks, and you and I are listening to the Work For It podcast, where the emphasis is on business in the workshop. You can support these guys for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year and show your support by going to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year, that won't even buy two gallons of gasoline here in California. You might as well support these guys like I do so they can help us all work for it. Here we go. Hey, what's happening, everybody? It's Brian House here for the Housemaid podcast. Wait, no. Housemade podcast. House housemade podcast. No, this is the work for it podcast. There is no housemade podcast. Or, <laughs> or I mean, is there? it's always been your show. Let's be honest here. <laughs> and you're listening to this just before I warned you all. I warned you. Christmas will creep up on you and give you an atomic wedgie just when you weren't looking. You're thinking to yourself, I got plenty of time. It's Christmas and blah, blah, blah. And I got all this time. You you are out of time. When you're listening to this, it is just like a, like three days before Christmas slaps you across the face and gives you a straight up nut shot. So here's what I want you to do. If you are looking for something that you want to, your wife has been telling you or your girlfriend or whoever or your boyfriend or uh, partner, whoever, they're saying, what do I get you for Christmas this year? What, what, what do you want? This is the answer. You want something from Maritime Knife Supply. Our man, Lawrence Lake, over at Maritime Knife Supply has just about every single thing you need for your workshop. All these materials, steel, handle material, uh, nuts, bolts, uh, brave sieves, all this good stuff, and you can get that in there. Sponsor of our show. So go support Lawrence Lake over at MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. I'm fairly certain he also has gift certificates. So if you don't want to tell this particular person who wants to buy for you exactly what you want, you can get yourself, they can send you a gift certificate, and you can spend it how you want, whenever you want. And also, a new sponsor of our show just added on last week, Koi Baker over at Baker Forge and Tool. Those guys are mean and lean and just crushing it in the business world. And uh, Koi and I are uh, brothers from another mother, if if that's a thing. And he is pushing out the Sunset Go Mile, Go My Steel. It's dropping this Saturday on the 24th at 8 p.m. And if you know anything about uh, the Baker Forge and Tool steel drops, if you don't get there fast you will not be able to get a piece of this. So make sure you go check it out. It's uh, composed of a 100-layer Damascus cladding with copper bronze and copper shim over an 80 CRV2 core. And you can go look at JB Blades 7550 on his Instagram. You can go check out uh, an example of this particular steel, like in Made in a Knife, and you can go check that out. Go support our sponsors, Maritime Knife Supply and baker forge and tool you can find baker forge and tool on instagram under that name and go find their youtube channel they're crushing it they need more help they need more subscribers even if you're not a youtube person go watch their youtube content it's like truly top-notch stuff like it's really good so whenever they put out a video i always watch it anyway brian what do you think 
Should we do this? Let's do it, man. Hit it, Brian. Let's do it. All I want for Christmas is you. Yeah, baby! It's Christmas! And we work for it all freaking year right here on the Work For It podcast. Brian Cone of Beco Nas, how the hell are you? Dude, I'm doing great. It's full sharp Santa season. We're I can't in, hear you, Brian. How <laughs> are you? Dude, I'm good. I'm good. I'm doing great. What? I'm, uh, come on, man. You're not going to make me yell, are you? <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Brian. You screwed it all up. I'm you should have just I'm yelled sorry. at me. It's, come on, man. It's Christmas. Aren't I you know. excited? You got it's your tree up? See, here's the thing, though, is like, What's you know, I've on? got I've got so much going on with, you know, Christmas, all that stuff going on, the the carbon fiber stuff going on, mm. the house stuff going on. I am I am so scatterbrained right now. It's crazy. But, dude, so I'm no so excited Christmas for Christmas. Tree? So oh, no yeah. Christmas tree? Or you do have trees one. up, trees up, all that okay. all that good stuff's going on. But, dude, how mm-hmm. are you doing? What's going on over there? Hey, dude, we're almost caught up. So if you bought anything from Housemaid, uh, we are very close. Like maybe today, maybe tomorrow, we will be done with all the orders that we have in our queue. Um, the support from the community has just been amazing this year. And I can't even, like the gratitude is the right word, but I don't even know how to express it because my company has just done just light years past what we did last year in revenue. And, you know, obviously we've added on Brent now. So we have, you know, we're supporting not just my family, but Brent's family too. And it's just so cool to watch a community just open its arms and go, Hey, we love what you're doing and we want to support you. So and you all who are listening to this podcast are a part of that community and the support that you give us whether or not you've bought anything from us, if you're listening to this, you, you like or comment or do anything on any of the social media that Housemaid puts out, dude, we hit 70,000 followers on Instagram Jeez. this morning. And, oh, my God. Good for you guys. Oh, man. Bro, it's just such a cool feeling. And, you know, every day YouTube is growing as well, even though we're not doing a whole lot with YouTube right now just because we're so busy. Here's the, here's the conundrum I have, Brian. We're so busy, like especially this time of year, so busy that I can't keep up with the social media stuff. So I just choose to not post much because I'm like, well, I can't respond to these comments. I can't, you know, fulfill the orders if we get more orders. And and I'm just like, holy shit, like this is this what this feels like? I mean, it's just such a neat (laughs) thing. But at the same time, I'm like, damn it, if we had if I had a staff of five more people, we could do five times the business. I just don't want to grow the business quite like that. But That's uh, what I was just going to say. It sounds like yeah. you need to bring on some more people so you can be the social media, hype everything up, yeah. get more business in the door, and then you can have more people fulfilling all the stuff. Yeah, see, I had a staff. I had a big staff at one time. Yeah. I just, I, you know, it's, you've known my, my take on that, but it's like I, I love the idea of it until a I'm just terrible at managing people. I my mm. patience level is terrible. I can't stand the egos and the bullshit. Not not that I'm saying like everybody's like that because they're not, but it's like I had a hard time just like going, come in. Do, all you got to do is show up and do your fucking job. Like that's uh. it. Like, there's not a hard, you know what I mean. And then like, of course, there's other factors that are at play when you're uh, leading a team of people. 
and I just realized that I'm not good at it and I just shouldn't do it. Okay. <laughs> so. so you, you know what your strengths are, you know what your weaknesses are Is Sarah or Brent good at that type of stuff. Because I mean, I, I think, think Brent would be, yeah. Well, Brent would I mean, be. yeah, maybe it's time to move Brent up a notch or two and put, make yeah. him the manager and bring in a couple more Brents in the shop to, uh, yeah. do what Brent's doing. I'm, I'm just be. saying it could work. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm just I like seeing... the idea of growing it small or grow, being lean and mean anyway. You know, well, small. I just see, I just see all of this potential that like, Every day that you could be growing more and you're actively not, I mean, you're you're dampening yourself down. I just I want to see you fly, man. You're right. You're right. I mean, uh, it, we are growing to in some regards, but you're right. There's other regards I'm not, and I it's definitely in the people department. I need to I need to change my perspective, perhaps, on that. And Coy Baker, when he was on, oh gosh, where, he was on uh, Hustle and Grind with. Um, uh, I can't remember those two guys' names. The guys that always give me a whole bunch of shit. Um, Noah Blomberg. That's right. Noah Blomberg. <laughs> Noah Blomberg. Yeah. No, Noah Blomberg. And uh, Ryan, he's got okay. so many different brandings out there. It's like Ryan Baxter. I don't know. I sh- I did, I did swipe right on him on Grinder. by the way, oh, on my oh, new app, oh. gr- their new app, Grinder that they have out. I don't know if you've seen <laughs> that. G-R-I-N-D-R. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I liked his haircut and his mustache so um but uh but (laughs) so but no those guys over there had koi on the show right and Mm -hmm. they were and koi said a lot of things about investing in people and finding people strong suits and you know just you know instead of doing everything yourself you got to hire people to do that and i guess maybe that's uh something i need to consider for 23 you know and take take some of uh koi's advice because obviously Koi and the boys over Baker Forge and Tool are doing pretty amazing things. And if you want an example, like the two the two sponsors we have on this show, Maritime and and Baker Forge and Tool, like if you look at their model, like if you look at you understand what they're up to, you you can boil it down to a few things. Being that they're they're not risk adverse, they they would they like to have some risk in their business. They're willing to take risks. And the other component is a lot of hard work, you know, right. you see what they're doing and it's a, a lot of hard work, which is mad respect for me because I'm in that same, uh, I fall into that same company where I'm just like, Hey, I want to work hard for the things that I have because it makes those things even more enjoyable to me. And it's ma- it like, makes me feel like it was worth doing. So, um, yeah. So anyways, uh, getting, get, we're getting away from the whole Christmas theme today because <laughs> I, I really want to, um, I want to go over a few things of obviously what we're up to in the shop and the new projects that we have going on and the existing projects we have. But I'm also really interested to hear from you, Brian, like what Christmas means to you. And, you know, are you, uh, you know, this time of year is does it drum up any like you know young feelings of when you were living with your parents and that kind of thing because it does that for me like when i think about christmas i think man now that i have my own kids it's like well i'm you know kind of the dad now so i have to like produce things for them and make them their christmas a good thing but you're somewhere in the middle right you don't have your own kids yet so like you're how how does christmas translate for you other than a lot of hard work to get caught up on orders. <laughs> actually i was just about to say to start off that like you know the the couple of months leading up to christmas is all you know pulling your hair out working so damn hard trying to get all of everything out the door in time to get to people on time which 
thanks USPS, a couple of my packages are going to be late. Whatever, it, it is what it is. You just gotta, you just gotta deal with it. It's this time but, of year, man. Yeah, yeah I know. But um, you know, for me, it's it's a lot of stress leading up to it, and I'm like, okay, now, right now, as of right now, everything that needs to be done for Christmas is done. So theoretically, I could take the whole next week off and just relax. I'm not going to. I'm going to start another batch because I'm crazy. But mm. basically, you know, everything is done and I can relax. But I haven't like, I haven't had that time to like, oh, get excited about Christmas because you know I've just been thinking about all of the stress that I've been doing before Christmas. So I'm just like, I'm starting that transition of okay, now I can like relax a little bit and enjoy myself a little bit more and luckily enough you know my my siblings are up from nashville um you know i'm gonna be able to spend some time with them spend some time with emily's family you know but the thing is like i see other than my siblings from nashville i see everybody at least once a month so it's it's not a big change like yeah it's cool it's christmas you know presents and all that fun stuff but it's you know i'm lucky enough to be able to be around my family members on a very regular basis so, but yeah, other than that, I mean, yeah. Christmas is always very exciting. I love giving gifts and all that fun stuff for sure. So are, is there anything in particular this year that you would like Santa to wrap up and put under the tree? <laughs> I mean, if somehow it could happen where, you know, the house can be remodeled, that would be fantastic. <laughs> but no, one, one big thing I'm, I mean, I know it's probably not going to happen, but I'm going to need to invest it in it myself, but a welder. I need a welder so bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I, I, I've uh, I've heard this. Yeah, I, well, I I'm excited for you uh, this year because this will be your last Christmas not in the new house, right? I mean, you're not going to move in before Christmas, I assume. Correct. We're it's official. We are getting our keys on the ninth. So, yeah, we're going to be well, moving hey. in here in just a couple weeks. Congratulations on that. And yeah, you know the the whole house renovation thing. You're doing it the right way. You know, when when I bought my first house, I was like in my early 20s and I bought a house that needed a lot of work. But that was the you know, I was willing to put the elbow grease into it uh, and and make that house nicer, paint it and, you know, make adjustments, whatever it needed. And you're doing the same thing. And it's just you're just going to climb the ladder. That's how it works. You know, you buy one house, you fix it up. And then, you know, five years down the road, your needs change. You want a little more room or whatever. You sell it and you move up. You're doing it the right way to leverage yourself. A lot of people, what they do is they leverage themselves to buy the house that they think they want, spend way too much money on it, and then they're stuck. They can't go anywhere. They can't improve it. They can't make it their own. And you're doing it the way that I think is the right way, which is, you know, buy it cheap, fix it up. Might not be perfect, and that's okay. But it's your own, and you're not spending money on rent, dumping money into a, a, a system that won't ever pay you back. You now have what? All wealthy people will refer to as the key to all wealth, and that is equity. So, you know, you're going to be buying into a thing, and it's going to be an investment instead of just, you know, throwing money at a landlord who's making money off of you. you know? Right, so right. This is let's awesome, Let's dude. put a little pin in this conversation because I want to jump back and start talking to you about aesthetics for setting up a new shop because you've done that a couple times. And sure. I know you've you've got some really cool ideas that maybe I can glean something from. But I sure. want to know what the hell's going on with the house in the house Christmas, you know, situation. We just put our Christmas tree up yesterday. <laughs> it's not even it's not even decorated. I think Sarah maybe decorated this morning. I left early to come here to work, but yeah, we just put our tree up. 
we're so behind on everything and uh but it, it's gonna be an awesome christmas uh we're gonna do christmas eve with the kids this year instead nice. of christmas day they're gonna be with their mom on christmas day so we're doing christmas eve with everybody at our house my parents are coming and we're gonna um, open gifts and all of that uh and you're just like you i have not had a ton of time to focus on it however thank god for services like amazon right where i can go buy a bunch of stuff have them deliver it and then i just this morning the reason i came in early was so i could wrap all of the gifts for people who are in my house so that they won't see what i bought them if that makes sense so i i brought them all here wrapped them early this morning got everybody sorted out and now it'll be uh, ready to, you know, unveil on Christmas more or Christmas Eve, uh, afternoon. So we're going to do that. And we've already kind of done like the rounds with family because we live in a transitory place and not all of our family is in one place. So like Sarah's family was here for a bit. So we celebrated a little bit with them, did a Christmas party and all that. And then now they're gone. They went up to Pennsylvania and I am not going to Pennsylvania this year. I normally we travel, but We've, been, we've done so much of it, we decided this year we're just going to stay home, enjoy, relax, not travel, and eat and drink too much, and just uh, enjoy the little bit of time off we have before we kick it into high gear. And this will be interesting for you to see because we're going to kick it into high gear on the na- on the week after Christmas, that's the week where we are fu- like pulling everything out of the other warehouse and we're renovating it. And mm. so it will be similar to like what you want to talk about with your workshop layout and all of that. But, uh, and I've got some, you know, decent advice in regards to that. So don't do what I do. You know, which, <laughs> the, long, the long story short is like we should have just bit the bullet and painted it before we moved everything in there. But we needed the space. We were in a, a time crunch for a bunch of stuff and we had no choice. So, we, you know, right now it's all set up for packing and shipping for Christmas and then no, now we have to pull it all out and then paint it and then do the floors and everything after the fact. Mm. So it's like three times the amount of work, but we had no choice. So, but, uh, but yeah, that'll speaking be speaking of Christmas, speaking of the order of operations, I know I'm kind of, I'm so drawn to go back to talking about the house just because I'm, I mean, that's what's kind of foremost on my mind right sure. now. Um, so luckily my buddy, Jeremy Ballaball, great guy, everybody knows and loves him. Um, he has offered to come up and help me do, he does drywalling a lot with his, with his day job. So he has offered to come up for like a weekend and help me basically teach me how to drywall and show me how to do it so that I'm not just, you know, learning in one corner and then making mistakes as I go. Um, but with, with the, the order of operations logically, so we have, we have wood ceilings that we're probably going to want to paint gonna have drywall that we're gonna need to put on and then paint and then logically you would then next do the floors the problem is we're gonna have the floors like the materials and the know-how and how to do it first yeah i would wait i would wait (laughs) honestly i would wait i i this is the problem now if you put the floor in and you're now you're doing drywall work you're gonna inevitably (laughs) stuff the floors and paint on the the floors Floors are uh. last. Unless it's tile, typically flo- floors are last. And so, yeah, that's the rule is do all the wall work and any electrical. God, if you don't have 
drywall up or you have access to the interior of the wall run all your power now you know put all that in and and get that done because you're going to want 220 in your garage you know at least one outlet um which is insanely easy to wire by the way and um you know do all that and then do the drywall do the paint and then do the floor i know it's it's going you're going to be ever so tempted to do those floors first but mm-hmm. you will you will regret that decision. You're going to want to wait. So store that floor somewhere where you know you 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 know you're not going to do it, and then just get the walls done and all of that. Do it in proper <laughs> order. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, otherwise, you're going to probably end up doing the floors again. You know what I mean? It really well, that's is the thing that is is you know I'm talking to Emily and I'm explaining that logic about like hey you know you've got paint and you're hauling things in and out all the time. Wouldn't it be a shame if we put on our new floors and then scuffed it in a bunch of places and dropped yep. paint on it? And yep. yeah, but yep. you know that's gonna be the first thing. You know, you, ugh, no, Emily, it's the last thing. <laughs> that's the last thing. Tell, yeah, tell Aunt yeah, Emily yeah. I said it's a bad idea. But hey, how about you call just, her up and you explain it because it, I've already tried. Make, <laughs> it'll make more for more work. You know, that's the problem yeah. is that you're adding to your list of shit to do. And and like in the our warehouse. You know, we have to grind the floors because some idiot painted them with epoxy paint and did it wrong. So it's all chipping up and everything. So it's like, oh, geez. we and we can't do that until after the walls are painted because we want to, we're spraying the room and I don't want to have to mask off the floors. You know, it makes mm-hmm. no sense. It takes, that takes an entire afternoon. Whereas I could just go fucking nuts with that paint sprayer and not care about overspray. Because the next day I'm going to come in with a grinder and grind the floor off. So it right. won't matter. You know, it's right. just a lot less prep. And that's the situation you're going to be in because you're going to want to just drop drywall mud wherever it's landing, wherever. And it won't matter because you're going to clean that floor up anyway and then lay down new new stuff. So that's the concept. And then, dude, trust me, because like even if you try to protect that floor with like cardboard or something, it's Here's, always yeah. going to be on your mind. And it, it just makes you there. work. It makes you work half as fast. Like it, yes. it just slows you so down if you're trying to you protect her. You're being yeah. extra careful. Ugh. I'm, I'm, I know. I know. Emily needs to know. <laughs> yeah, she'll, she'll she'll figure it out. You just okay. you just gotta be. You know, she, just tell her that everyone in the in the world is telling you not to do it that way, and hopefully. Just tell her I said not to do it. <laughs> that should be me, enough, right? right? That'll, that'll be enough. <laughs> I've renovated my fair share of homes and built homes from scratch. Also, Gentry. I mean, he's he's another guy. You could have him weigh in on this. Sure. I know Matt would say would agree with me. Um, sure. But in regards to like the workshop layout, you know, definitely more power than you think you need. Run right. a bunch of outlets. Don't run them close to the floor. Run them up like four or five feet off the ground. Mm-hmm. Because you you're never plugging anything in down by your ankles. You know you you know you're gonna have workbenches and stuff. You're gonna be climbing under things. That's where you store stuff. All the power should be up and off the floor, four to five feet, and you should have two twenty in a couple of spots because you're gonna inevitably get bigger tooling, and that is you know the more power you have the better. And then um, yeah, just paint and drywall, do all that work, and add your lights, and then move your stuff in. Because it it'll go so much easier that way. You, you you'll have a much better experience. I have a very dumb question. Sure. So can you run more than one two twenty on a single two twenty um, breaker? Or is that um, a dumb idea? 
It depends. I think no, I don't think so. I don't think it's recommended. I I'm I'm sure there's electricians out there that would say it's possible to do, but I don't think it's the best practice because 220 okay. is two 110 hots in a ground and those two 110 hots are out of phase of each other and they run off the same breaker. Right. So if you you would have to wire, you know, double up on that or or some like put in some sort of pigtail junction box. I don't know. I've never done it. The way I was always taught was if you have a 220 outlet, it's dedicated to that breaker. Now, I could be 100% wrong on that. Maybe there is a way to do it safely, but because 220 it pulls amp, you know, you're pulling some amperage on those like if you have a 40 amp breaker, and yet, let's just say you did, you know, wire it with a pigtail and you junctioned it together. You would be limited to only 40 amps total on that on those two outlets. And how do you how do you regulate that without? Right. You know what I mean? It's it's it See, basically think of amperage just like flow of water. So like it's as big as the pipe can get. But then you know, of course, the breaker would pop most likely. That's the whole point of it. But you know, you don't want multiples on one. Now, I have this box, and Dennis Terrell actually asked me about it uh, last week, and it's this 220 power strip that I made, and it's essentially, you know, it plugs into a one outlet, but there's four on the other end. Yo. And that is how I get around it, but I only plug in, I only run one thing on it at one time. It's like basically there so I can have multiple machines plugged in at the same time in the middle of the room so I can film, but I would only run one device from, you know, that, that was plugged into that particular thing at, at one time, unless they are grinders. If they're grinders, believe it or not, they pull so little amperage. You know, most grinders are six amps to eight amps total. And so I have three grinders on one outlet right now. And that's the same concept where I use bus bars and I separated all my electricity out. And I can have all three of those running. I could probably have four of those running on that one breaker. But that's because I've wired it up with heavy-duty cable and all of that, and I ran an extension. That's how I make that happen. Gotcha, gotcha. Because I... at the house, there's there's a panel and then there's a sub panel that is significantly smaller. I think it only has like four four breakers on it, yeah. which two of them I'd be moving to each other. Basically, I would be moving the two that are currently being used, which happen to be the center two, to either the right or the left, and then I'd double the the two to become one two twenty. I think yeah. what I'm gonna end up doing is I'm just going to run a wire out there and have a panel out in the garage. Yep. Just so that, I mean, God forbid, if something pops, I don't have to go all the way inside, go all the way downstairs, flip it over, and then go back out and diagnose the problem. Yep, a sub-panel but, makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah. You know, just make sure you do your wire calculations, use the right gauge of wire and for how long the run is. But, yes, that, that makes a ton of sense that we have your own little breaker box in your shop, and then you would run everything from that. You know, you, you it's... It sounds complicated. It really isn't. I mean, you know, this you can run, uh, you can buy cable now that's already shielded and and nice and thick, and you can run it back to say like I don't know how many amps the service is at this house. I'm assuming it's probably a hundred amps if it's an I older house. So. When, I believe it's when 100. was it made? When was it built? 1960. Yeah, so it's probably a hundred amps total, and and so what you would want to do is say. 
you know, branch off, like say a 50 amp breaker to a sub panel, just know that you will never use all 50 of those amps. You know, you want to really maintain that, but wire it for that sub panel. Of course, get an electrician's opinion on all of this, but, um, you know, then, then you're good to go. You can, uh, you know, put all your outlets and everything on that and in your two twenties. Lucky for me, Emily's cousin is an electrician. There you go. Boom, that's baby. The person to talk to. Yeah. <laughs> that is there the person is. to talk nothing to. Yeah, like, give you all that. Nothing like trying to run underwire cording in the dead of winter. So this this probably all might end up happening later on this, you know, in the springtime. So the, the garage is separate from the house? It's not Correct. on the house? Correct. Oh, so yeah, you're yeah. going to need to bury some cable. Yeah. Yeah. Conduit in the ground and the whole deal. So yeah. more than likely, I'm going to have to move into the shop start working on whatever I need to work on. And then when, you know, the, the ground thaws, then I'd be able to play around with those ideas, but sure. Yeah. Well, you're going to have plenty of other shit to do anyways. So, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Yeah. Exciting times though, Brian. I mean, this is, this is fantastic for you guys. No doubt. No doubt. So Brian, what the hell else is going on? So you have, you have Christmas Eve with your kids. What's the plans for Christmas day? Do you have anything fun going on? Oh, definitely getting like wasted drunk. Like I'm Hell just yeah. drink. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, not nah, I'm kidding, of course. But I'm gonna have some. I'm gonna day drink a little bit, sit by the pool if it's nice. Actually, you know what? The weather here has turned sour. We got some. <laughs> you guys must have some big storm or something up there, or snow or something. But We're it eventually, it'll yeah, it'll push its way to us by Christmas Day, and it's supposed to be like a high of like 40 or something here, which is, <laughs> Oh, cry me a river. I know. Oh I know. my God. Everybody gives me shit. But for us here, like we never see temps even into the fifties. Like it's rare for us here. So like uh, to go into the thirties at night and we'll probably get some frost, which will be interesting, but yeah, just gonna <laughs> just chill, probably hit, sit in the hot tub, eat. And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure I hit the grocery store early this year. So I'm going to probably do like some ribs or something crazy and then yeah just open a bottle of wine watch some good movies hang out with the wife uh you know that kind of thing just really i need some downtime because i've been working like 12 14 hour days every day since thanksgiving or before actually before thanksgiving right yeah once shingles wore off i was like 12 to 14 hour days to catch up and we just uh took another big delivery ten thousand pounds of parts yesterday and we're waiting on like one more batch of parts and we'll be able to push out some new products, which is really cool, like grinder related stuff mostly, but just like separate parts. And uh dude, bro, it's just been nuts, man. We're we're just exhausted. So yeah, relaxing. What about you? What's Christmas Day look like for you guys? So Christmas I actually um I think it is Thursday, so tomorrow night, or I guess as the podcast comes out. Tonight I will be going over to my parents, and we'll spending we'll be spending a couple days with my family there, and then Christmas Eve night at like ten o'clock at night we'll be going from Sandusky to Auburn where Emily's family is, and then we'll be spending Christmas Day and a couple days there, and then that's pretty much it. But yeah, did you happen to see my um, Instagram stories yesterday? I did not. I haven't been okay. on socials much, but so no, you didn't see what in. I you didn't see what I had to do yesterday. No, no, I didn't. So, I guess that would be two days ago now. 
Actually, it's kind of funny because I I got done with work. Everything's fine. I, I finished up the final batch of knives for Christmas for friends and family. And I'm driving home. And normally on my hour-long drive home, I call a buddy, you know, Matt Gentry or a few other people. But nine times out of the ten, it's Neil Warren that I talk to because he's ah, just – he's awesome okay. to talk to. Love that guy. Well, yeah, I'm talking nice. to him. We're, we're get talking about old cars and how my Astro van, you know, I've, I've had ups and downs, but it's so reliable and nothing – Nothing really major has gone bad other than, you know, putting it in the ditch. But even that, it was fine. And then I hang up with him, and I shit you not, five miles later, I hear, and I have to stop on the side of the road. Power steering stops, brakes are hardly functioning, just everything's awry. Pull off to the side of the road. Luckily, I'm only like two miles from home. Actually, I was less than a half mile away from my videographer's apartment. And I stop to the side of the road and I just sit there for a second like, oh my god, I jinxed myself. What in the hell? So I get out. I look around. Nothing looks like it's off or anything. Pop the hood. I do a quick look. I can't see what's wrong with it. Everything seems functional. There's no smoke. There's no There's no liquids falling out of the bottom. So... After, you know, screwing around looking at it for a while, you know, prodding and looking at things, I shut it and I turn it on and I just, I mean, I'm barely crawling, you know, 20 miles an hour to um, Kyle's apartment. And I stop there and basically we we open it up and we look and Kyle comes out and he's, we're looking around and we're poking around and all of a sudden I see a belt that is just not in the right, just loose, a loose belt down right in the center and I grab it, and I can just pull it straight out. It's my serpentine belt. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh. So, I, so I pull out my serpentine belt, and I'm like, oh, shit. Well, you know, luckily, back in the day when I was in high school, I drove an 85 S10. And the serpentine belt went out on that. And with that S10, you know, little itty-bitty Chevy truck, there is, I mean, just a little itty-bitty four-banger inside of a fairly large for-that-four-banger area. So I could literally just roll that serpentine belt around and it was like a 15-minute a job to replace that. But the problem with the Astro van is like the engine is completely encompassing all of the compartment and you have to move parts off and you have to take the, the air filter from the air conditioning off and you have to um, take off the fan blade or the, the fan, the cooling fan. There's so many, like it was it was a pretty massive thing. So all day yesterday, Kyle and I were, you know, looking at it. We're we're looking up parts, and you basically we're we're we get the air conditioning thing off, we get the shroud off, and then we look down in there. And I'm just I I'm it's the first time looking that far deep into this this engine. So I'm looking around and I'm seeing there's this this wall area that is all just covered. You know, there's there's grease. There's black. It's filthy. There's grease, there's rust, and there's one little shiny spot. And I think to myself, I'm guessing that's not normally supposed to be shiny. Like, there's something wrong right there. (laughs) And I look at the diagram for where the serpentine belt's supposed to go, and I notice that there's a wheel missing. So I ended up having to run into town, and lo and behold, they had an uh, 80, or what is it, a 97, 96 Astrovan um idler wheel it, they just had it in stock what the hell of course they do <laughs> so i was Damn. able to pick it up and i was able to put in the new idler wheel i was able to rerun the um the serpentine belt put everything back together and yeah that so, that was my day yesterday i was i was I'm being a mechanic that, for 
the first time in a long time. I'm going to guess that that wheel fell off, and that's why the serpentine belt took a shit, right? I mean, is that how you think of it? That well, way? yeah, the serpent in retrospect, I did not need to buy a new serpentine belt because the belt itself was intact. It's fine. Yeah. But like, you know, <laughs> you already I already bought it. What am I going to do? Return it? You know? Well, now you got a spare anyway. So that's yeah. Good. Well, no, I ended up putting on the new one. And yeah, I guess the old one, if something if it takes a shit and I'm in a bad place, you know, maybe I can just use that. But yeah. What's yeah, a serpentine was... belt cost? Ah, oh, man, it was I think it. It was twenty six dollars. The the serpentine bucks. belt was twenty six dollars. The air I you know I took off the air filter for the air conditioner. So I, I mean I might as well replace that while I'm at it. That was another twenty six bucks. And the idler wheel I think was forty something bucks. But yeah, all told, it wasn't yeah. that bad. I didn't know you were so like mechanically agile with this shit. Man. <laughs> What's hilarious? Awesome. What's hilarious is I'm not at all. I mean, I can, I can, Dude, you know. That's pretty difficult, though, right? Like the stuff you're talking about doing, and you're doing it outside, I assume, too, right? In the cold. Oh yeah, that that sucked. Holy it was shit. it was like 20 degrees with a wind. Get you know, stand, the hell out Kyle of here. and I was standing out there for like <laughs> two hours at a been, time. Your hands must have been just frozen solid, oh, dude. It oh was, man, I'm so sorry about this. It was terrible. terrible. <laughs> but yeah, but, I mean. Know, what it came down to is every time I found an issue, I don't know how to do it. I just looked up a YouTube video, how, you know, 80 or a 96 Astro van removing a blank. And I found a video like every single of time. Course. Of yeah. course. It's so great. YouTube is so great for that, man. It's, it's, it's awesome. I love YouTube and you're right. If you want to do it yourself, YouTube, there's got to be somebody out there who did it and filmed a video on it. And put it out there, and yeah, that's great. Well, shit, man. Well, sorry about all that. I will tell you that, uh, you know, you get good at repairing cars when you're young because you have to. You have no choice. But, like, as and I got older, and I was like, well, I have a little money now, so I don't have to buy, like, shitbox cars anymore so I can, like, actually drive something nice. Once the minute I got, like, a halfway decent used vehicle, I was like, never again. I'm not going back to that <laughs> whole, you know, cracking my knuckles on stuff trying to fix things because I look at cars like a tool. Like, it gets me from A to B, right? And there's some people out there who look at cars like projects. They want to project vehicle to work on. It's their hobby. They have free time, which I don't really have any free time, and that's by choice because I, my free time is spent on my business. But, like, cars to me are not projects like cars to me are like i get in it so i can go make money you know i can drive around and you know pick things up pick my kids up it's a utility thing but yeah there's a you know whenever i see somebody like hey i'm gonna get you know i'm gonna get an old car and wrench on it and i'm like that would be so fun but i just it's realistically i'll never have the time i mean maybe when i'm like you know 20 years from now maybe i'll have the time to do it but see yeah. for me i even though it was a bunch of hours out in the frigid cold, yes, I was glad when it was over, but I was enjoying myself the entire way through trying okay. to, fi like, figuring out these little problems and, you know, how in the hell do I get this wrench down into that little spot? Like, there's no way, and then you, you, you know, rig something up to make it happen. I, I don't know. I just really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. And okay. I can see where people, I see where people get addicted to this type of thing. However... I would never give up knife making to become a mechanic at all. Like there's no way. <laughs> yeah. 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 It does. It just turns into work real quick. Yeah. You're like, yeah, no, I don't care. I like, I like so solving problems, but yeah, I'll do it in another arena, a warmer, less 
greasy arena. <laughs> so, Brian, what's what's the craziest thing that you had to fix? You said that you had to wrench on cars back in the day when you had to. So what's what's yeah. the craziest thing you had to do? I was out in the middle of BFE one time. And I was driving, I, back in the day, I used to buy old Volkswagen Westphalias, those old camper vans made, made by, um, Volkswagen. They're like, had like a cam, a canvas topper on it. So like you could pop the top and sleep in a little bed up top and stuff. And I love the outdoors. So I used to do a lot of traveling all through the Midwest and, you know, drive all over the place and go rock climbing. I was, you know, I was a true outdoorsman and, uh, one year it was like, oh gosh, it would have been, it would have been, it was cold. So it, it was probably like January, February or something. And I went and I was visiting family down in uh, Missouri and I drove all the way from Northern Illinois, like the border of Illinois, Wisconsin, all the way down to past St. Louis. So that's like, I don't know, like six, seven hour drive, something like that. And I'm in my camper van and on the way back, just like you describe my whole van starts shimmying and like jumping and I'm in the middle of nowhere and the sun is going down. Oh Jesus. And I pull over to the side of the road, just the same story as you have. Can't see anything wrong with a vehicle. There's everything looks fine. You know, I just don't get it. What the hell's going on? So I get back in, I start driving. And again, like now my car is shimmying to the point where the gaps between the doors and the frame are you know, bouncing back and forth. Oh That's how God. bad the car is shimmying. It, like everything <laughs> in the car is vibrating down to the floor. And I finally get to a gas station spot where there's some light so I can see what's going on. And I had blown one of my tires had split and it had like the, it didn't blow the tire, but the, like the tube or like the piece on the inside just bulged out oh. of the tire up into the wheel well. Oh shit. And so as I was driving it, it was like bulging even further and it basically destroyed the wheel, destroyed the tire, destroyed the the part that it bolts to the car and everything. Mm. And I'm like, you gotta be freaking kidding me. And it just so happens that I had a full size spare with me and I had all the tools to do the work. And I was like probably three or four hours from home. So it was like a real like, and back then I had no money. Like I was probably 19, 20 years old. I was just barely getting by and, and I managed to change a tire and, and limp it home. And it was, you know, vibrating loose. And of course I had to feel, fix the wheel hub and a bunch of other things in the control arm. Cause those things are like all rear wheel drive. They're air cooled rear wheels. So this was the front uh, passenger side. Okay. But in that same vehicle, like probably 10 years later, I, cause I kept that car for a long time. I was driving from my house in Naples down to Key West and I drove all the way down there and I'm in the middle of the state on the way back home from the Key West trip. And it's pitch black and we're, we're on the old alligator alley, which is this highway. It's a two lane highway that goes through the swamps. Okay. And I'm driving, it's the sun is down, it's dark, and my entire van just shuts off. Oh. Headlights, headlights, everything everything just goes black. Oh and my god. The engine stops, everything halts. I pull over and I'm not exaggerating. I'm in the side of the road and like ten feet from me are alligators. Like just <laughs> swimming around like 
pitfall fucking art Atari bullshit just and I'm like holy shit like it's dark number one I can't see hardly anything and number two there's fucking alligators or like right there like I'm just shit in my pants and this was like I was new to Florida so at the time so I'm like just whatever so I'm looking around to try to figure out what the fuck happened to my car and I opened the engine compartment and I noticed that the there's the way Volkswagen did this back in the 70s was the ground cable, the strap that grounded the battery, they just ground it right from the battery terminal to the frame of the to the frame of the the van. So okay. if you can imagine there was like a 12-inch long cable that went from the negative terminal that just went into a threaded portion of the side of the car. Okay. That's it. Okay? And it had severed itself. Okay. It just wiggled itself loose and broke in half. And I, I've had this car for ten years, and I just so happened to have a spare one of those in my. Oh, get out of here! Come on. Took me ten minutes to swap it out. I was back on the road. I had all the tools and everything, and I had this big craft red Craftsman toolbox right behind the passenger seat that I left there, just for that kind of shit. And I ended. Yes, I had one. Worst case scenario, I probably could have duct taped it, and it would have held long enough, I think, to get us home. But like. Just shit like that, like little tiny problems that cause huge problems, you know, in right. the worst. You never break down in a good spot. You know what I mean? It's like, it's well, terrible. I, I would disagree because I broke down within less than a half mile of my buddy's this place. And he was able this to, true. you know, Extremely let me into lucky. his apartment and wait till Emily gets out of work. And then I was able to fix it the next day. But yeah, I mean, that's good. Yeah. No alligators up by you, I assume. No alligators. However, I did have a time back back a few years ago. Um, Kyle and I used to just go up into the UP of Michigan. Just, you know, do, you know, especially when the, the leaves are changing and it's really pretty up there. Just to go up, take pictures and videography and all that happy horse shit. But basically, the Astrovan, the back of the Astrovan, if so you've got the back seat and you can fit a full-size mattress perfectly between the wheel wells. Nice. So one one day one person would you know sleep in the back seat like on the on the bench and one person would get the mattress and then you'd just switch back and forth and we'd go up there for you know long weekends and basically go take you know pictures of Tuquamanon Falls and a bunch of different places it was a lot of fun however there was one point where we got all the way up to the top of the UP and we we stopped and where it's it's basically there's a mile and a half trail all the way down to Lake Superior and we get there and we just barely got there and the sun is just about like just an hour away from setting. Okay, we need to go get these pictures, whatever. So we we haul ass through the, the woods. We get through there and there's, you know, about probably three quarters of the way there. There's just this giant cave that you have to pass on this Ooh. on this trail. And we're just thinking like, oh, my God, there's definitely a bear in there. How, like on the way through, because there's still light, you know, on the on the way to Lake Superior, we're, we're joking because, oh, yeah, there's probably a bear in there. How, you know, wh- how crazy is that? And then we get down there, we take our pictures, and it's dark. <sighs> and we turn around, and then we realize, because we're, we're dumb college kids, we didn't think about the fact that now it's dark and we have to turn around and hike that mile back through the woods and it's the only light that we have on us is our the flashlights on our cameras or on our phones. Oh my god! So now we're up there, all the way up there, no cell service at all. Turned around and you have to hike back through. And the second time we passed that cave, it wasn't nearly as funny. 
<laughs> so we get through there, we get back up to the van, we we celebrate, you know, we made it through, you know, all this scary bullshit, whatever. And then I turn, I we I get into the driver's seat of the Astro van, and I turn on the lights, and I shit you not, not like maybe fifty yards down was a black bear. Oh, forget about it. <laughs> You know that shit was, you know, just checking us out to see, you know, what, sure. what dinner plan was. Exactly. <laughs> He's sniffing your wheel wells looking for a snack. He's yeah, and I know. Like, I know all you guys listening. Black Cheetos. Yeah, black bears are not actually, like, they're not going to fuck you up unless you corner them. But, you know, it's still yeah. scary in the moment. Yeah, black bear is the one you want to you wanna run into. If you, right. you got to pick a bear, that's the one you want to run into. Yeah, I think that's the only one that's up there. But Yeah, yeah, we have black bears down here. Do you really? I run into it on my freaking street. Yeah, I don't know if you saw that one reel of that black bear like digging through my garbage can, and my dog was going ape shit. But it was huge. I mean, it must have been like four or five hundred pound black bear in my driveway, just chilling, like digging through my trash can. I've had multiple run-ins with black bears in Florida. There's so many down here. It's crazy. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to deal with them mano on mano. Like that's. It's still a. You know. It's still yeah. a bear. <laughs> they'll kill you. Yeah, if, if sure. you mess with them, they'll kill you. And if they have cubs, that's the big Watch problem. Watch out. You don't want to get right. between the cubs and the bear for sure. But, uh, but yeah, well, yeah, so Christmas, you know, is coming, and we're, you know, maybe you should be asking for a new car. I don't know. Maybe Santa will bring a new car. Maybe that, that, no, could, that could be. I, I believe in the Astra. I think she's going to – it's it's just about to roll over 200000 I think I've got that thing to three. Okay. All right. I like it. I I drive the wheels off of cars, man. I'm the same way. Like my last car had almost a couple hundred thousand miles on it and it's still on the road today. I sold it to one of my employees at the time and she still drives it. I see it out there all the time. And the fact, the other day she called me and I had to go jumpstart it because she left her headlights on in the parking lot of a Trader Joe's. And it just so happened I was right around the corner. She was like, Hey, can you, can you come over and help me with the jump start in a car and i was like sure you know i'll i'll jump start it and like, i can't believe this thing is still on the road i mean it's like two hundred eighty thousand miles it's toyota you know so right the toyotas they they run uh they run long but uh, see that's but, the yeah. thing with me like i just i feel like the only reason to get i guess if you get a new newer car there's a lot of amenities there's you know heated seats and yada 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 I just don't give a shit about that stuff or I just don't give a shit what other people think of me driving in an older sure. van. I, yeah. I just don't have that gene of caring what the neighbors have. I, I don't know if that's just something I missed out on or what, but no, I I'm would rather the same way. I don't care about any of that shit. Like when I, right. when I think about what, like keeping up with the Joneses, it, that's a, that's a fool's errand. Like right. people, I know people like that where they care so much about the judgment of others that they, you know, or they're so competitive where they want to, you know, compete with their name. Like I give two shit. Cause I live in a town where it is not unusual to be next to a Ferrari or a Lamborghini or sometimes both at the same time. I mean, there's guys in this town that have so much cash. It's ridiculous. And I look at those guys. I'm like, that'd be so cool to have. And then I think to myself, I don't want to maintain it or insure it. You know, I, I'm just like, I don't give a shit about that. I'd rather have my Kia Sorento. It just, it drives like a dream, you know? Yeah, man. I'm right there with you for sure. So I guess you can't really talk too much about what you're getting for Sarah or for, you know, anybody else that's right around you. Bald man. Yep. I don't know why I, I blanked on Brent for a second. Yeah. So yeah. other than those two, what is your gift that you're excited to give? like the most 
Uh, I this year was uh, my youngest son. He asked for kind of an expensive bicycle, and him and I picked it out together. So he wanted it. It was like six hundred dollars, and for me, that's kind of expensive for a bicycle, in my opinion. Uh, but I did end up buying it for him. Nice. Um, you know, typically we don't do the whole thing where we, if we spend six hundred dollars on one kid, you know, we do the same for the other kid. Like we don't, we're not into that whole thing. It's just like this particular year, this is what he wanted, um, and he's been fairly, fairly good at school, and you know all that stuff. So I was like, you know what, man, yeah, we'll we'll do that for you. And it turns out that Brent, so I ordered the bike, they delivered it to the shop, and then um, it's in pieces, obviously. And it turns out that Brent used to work in a bicycle shop. And he oh, has wow. like, the bicycle stand and all the tools to put it together. So when I came in early this morning to wrap gifts for Sarah and the kids, he was he showed up like 30 minutes later and started putting together Emerson's bicycle. So it all worked out, man. It was really cool. But I'm really excited to see his face, you know, when he when he we roll that bike in because he wanted a particular color that was discontinued. Mm. So I managed to find that color. Good for you, man. Yeah, get it and purchased it. So I'm excited about that. And then I bought myself a a Christmas gift uh, this year. Yeah. I spent uh, $85,000 on – I went back and forth on buying myself a sports car, right? I was like, you know, the whole midlife crisis thing. I'm like, you know what? I deserve it. I work so hard. I should have this fast car. I want to go tear things up and, you know, whatever. And then I thought, I can't get myself to do that. It's just such an irresponsible thing for somebody in my position to do. And I don't, you know, it's just for me, I'm still very much in my money making years. And I really wanted to uh, push my business further. So I invested $85,000 and I talked about this in the after show, but I don't think you can listen to it. So yeah, um, I didn't listen to it. Sorry. Yeah, no problem. Uh, but I invested this money in a CNC vertical milling center, like a Yo. yeah, so like a whole big ass thing that you know you can program it and it'll cut aluminum, drill and tap steel, mill steel. It'll make knives. It'll do all kinds of stuff. It's a it's a very very versatile tool to own, and it wasn't cheap. You know, eighty five grand. But uh, you know, I, I want to move. And I'm not going to go into production work on my grinders. That's not the reason why I purchased this thing. I purchased this thing for prototyping and then also to get into other small products, like making products that uh, I've I've got a couple of ideas that I want to pursue patenting and do all that. Well, I need this machine to actually help me make it and, you know, all of that. So, uh, yeah, I, did. I went and just signed all the paperwork today to make it happen. And, um, I signed a paperwork last week, but I actually sent all the money and everything, uh, this morning. So it's, it's a done deal. You know, good on you for, instead of in, you know, investing in a vanity thing, like a sports car, you decided to further your business in something that you're passionate about. Honestly, Brian, I'm more excited about this fucking CNC machine than I am a fucking car. I mean, dude, I am so excited. It's, it's got fourth axis on it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a uh, it's brand new. I, I've been looking for a used machine for so long. I had spent the last like eight months like just watching these CNC auctions and all this stuff. And the used market in the CNC world is ridiculous. Like you're going to pay thirty to fifty thousand dollars for a machine that was made in 2006 or seven. 
And mm. it's just, I can't, I, you know, like I'm thinking to myself, like, look, I can spend this bigger chunk of money right now. Yes, it's more money, but I get the latest and greatest and, you know, it's all that and it's new and I get the warranty and I get training from the manufacturer. So, yeah, it, 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 I feel like I made a good choice. Yeah, you want a future proof, especially on something that big. You want something that's going to last for a long, long time. And yeah, it's not that long ago when those ones were made, but. I mean, the the more recent on something as technologically advanced as that, I mean, it's 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 worth the extra dough. It is. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, the the other part of it is they hold their value. You know, so if a machine that was built 15 years ago is still worth close to half of what it was, you know, in my opinion, that's that's a good that's a good thing. It's a sports car. Sure as shit won't be worth that. So, you know, I might as well, uh, you know, make some good choices with my money and and all of that. And on top of that, it it gives us the ability to do things that we didn't we weren't able we aren't able to do now, you know, make these particular things that we weren't that we're not able to make now. So. I, I'm stoked, man. I, I'm really, really stoked for it, and I'm stoked to see what we can do with this new equipment moving forward in 2023. So I should take delivery sometime in February, I think. Nice. Fantastic. Well, the so. the uh, present that I'm most excited to see open this year is actually going to Emily's dad. So okay. one of the weird things that I've always thought was weird about him you know, I've made chef knives for them. I've made Nikiris. I've made pairing. Like, I've, they have pretty much everything that I can make. But for whatever reason, Roger always uses a fillet knife whenever he's cutting just about anything. If he's cutting an onion, he grabs the Walmart fillet knife. If he's, no kidding. If he's processing watermelon, I guess that makes a little bit more sense, but he's he's using a fillet knife. If he's, you know, cutting chicken or what... Oh, I guess cutting chicken is literally what a fillet knife is for, like processing a chicken. But you know what I'm saying. Like, everything he uses a fillet knife for. So, I mean, I, I basically... Made, I made a flay knife for him, and it's just mono steel. It's it's uh, acid washed and tumbled. It's um, X forged carbon fiber with orange liners, like he likes. And yeah, I'm just really excited because you know I've I've made that big. Um, I made a YouTube video about uh, about a year and a half ago or so, where I make him this big Bowie knife, and that was basically it. It's become the chef knife for up north at the campsite, but it stays up there, and even then. Yeah, I will still go up there and I've got this big, you know, it's the, it's the geometry of a chef knife, but it looks like a Bowie or fighter knife or whatever, but he cool. still will use these dollar store, you know, or not dollar store, but Walmart fillet knives whenever he, he's processing a lot of different things. So, you know, hopefully this, this will actually fit that need for him and it'll be a, you know, decent knife for him for a long time. But yeah, I'm very excited about that. And with that, a lot of times whenever I get an order from a guy who has really big large hands because roger is like six foot five and he's just a behemoth of a man he's got huge huge hands so whenever i'm making a knife for a person with larger hands i always take it over to him and like how does it fit in your hand before you know while it's just you know a profile before it's even heat treated i just you know give it the roger test to make sure it fits in a giant hand nice. so i did that with this fillet knife and i actually i waited i heat treated it and i beveled it and i acid washed it and I didn't put the handle on it yet, but I basically so that I could take it to him and be like, oh, you know, got to do the Roger test. And he he grabbed it from me. And he, I mean, he probably stood there for, or not stood there, but sat there for 
better part of an hour looking at it. Just, you know, oh, wow, I really like this uh, aspect and this aspect. So, like, I, I'm already validated knowing that he's going to like it, but he thinks that it's going to someone else. So, you know, that's going to be a fun one to see him open that for sure. I love it. Yeah, that that is going to be cool. I love it. I love it. That's going to be great. Well, man, that, that what a, a thoughtful thing for you to do. That is that is super cool. That's what Sharp Santa does, man. And hopefully I, I finish I finish up the uh, Christmas presents for you and Ben. So, you know, hopefully I'll be able to get them out. But I'm almost thinking about waiting till after the first of the year. So that the shipping is a little bit less chaotic. I don't know I mean, if it's already going to show up after Christmas. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah. worry about it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no worries, no worries. Oh, for sure, cool. for sure. All right. Well, you know what time it is, right? It's freaking dad joke time, man, for sure. No doubt about it, man. Uh, I have a dad joke. It is from Nate Walpole over at Walrus Steel. He is a regular contributor to the dad joke repository, or I, I like to call it the database. Aha. Uh, yes. Uh, he says that uh, his wife thinks their kids are spoiled. But I believe most kids just smell like that on the regular. Love it. Yeah. I love it. All right. So moving in, we got a couple people we want to mention. Let me just pull up Patreon here. If you aren't a member of our patron, Patreon, you can be by going to patreon.com forward slash work for it. We now have. 107 patrons of the patron patron uh what do they call that patreon patronage i don't know sure sure uh and let's see nate shiflet okay so we said we called out nate shiflet so now we've got clinton long is a new member Nice. He did the high five, which is 54 bucks a year. We appreciate you, Clinton. Thank you so much. Baker Forge and Tool, obviously they jumped on and uh, became a a new patron of ours, even though Coy is still himself personally a patron of ours. (laughs) And also uh, Trey Scott. Uh, You know Trey. He's the guy that makes that, like, ball, articulating ball mount thing for the tables. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he jumped on, man. Yeah, we appreciate nice. you, Trey. Thank you so much, man. And if you'd like to participate and get the after show, you can do so by going to patreon.com forward slash work for it. And for as little as $10.80 a year, that's 52 weeks. And sometimes we do more than 52 shows a year on this channel and if you feel like we bring you the value or entertainment or if you learned or you laughed or you did something that you you wouldn't think you would normally do inspired by us we would love it if you would consider uh joining our patron as for a little as one dollar a month or ten dollars and eighty cents a year that's like a that's like a burrito or a right. gallon of gas in Cal- california as Dennis <laughs> says right yep yep Sure, so we've sure. got, and that one of the benefits of the after show is, is that you can send us a question in the DMs on Patreon, and then we'll read it on the show, and um, and answer it. And this week's question comes from Ben Siegel. Nice. So he's asking. This will be an interesting one for you. He he says raffles have slowed way down. Mm. Knife makers 
had a clear boom, and it could be related to people staying home with COVID and having disposable income to spend. But now the world is opening up. Inflation is hitting. Talk of a recession and inflation. What does this mean for the maker community? Mm. He wants to hear my and your opinion on what inflation, recession, what does it mean for the maker community? And I'm going to give my answer on the after show, Brian, and my answer might surprise you. <laughs> if you want to hear it. <laughs> nice clickbait there. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, I'm just telling you right now, you, I'm not going to say what you think I'm going to say. And in order to hear that answer, you're going to have to join up Patreon, and then you can download the after show. For sure. For that's sure. the only people that get to listen to it is the after yeah, show, man. folks. And uh, I think that's it. That's the show, Brian. We're gonna Dude. we're gonna slide on over to the hold on uh, before we jump the over show. there. There's it's been a couple weeks before since we've hit up WFI projects. Let's both pull out at least one or two. Oh, I I've got I definitely have a WFI project that I want to talk about. Do you have it so pulled up, or do you want me to go? First? No, go ahead, go ahead. I'm pulling it up. Abstract blacksmith, love this guy, Lyndon. He is a great guy over there, up there in Canada. He's got two posts back to back where one, I'm not quite sure what he's welding up here. It looks like some sort of a box that's going to be hung somewhere. It, he doesn't say in it, but he talks about how he's, he didn't get the cor- correct welding. Like there's, there's a very prominent crack going down the center of his weld. And he's talking about in, inconsistent bead size and it's really bugging him. And then the next post you can see immediately he's you know figured out what was wrong and fixed it so i mean good on him for finding an issue and then not just like there's so many times where you make a mistake and you just you fix it yourself and you definitely don't post anything about it because you know god forbid if the the world knows that i'm not perfect you know all that type of stuff so good on him for making a post about it and like showing not only his successes but also his failures so definitely go check out abstract underscore blacksmith he's a great guy for sure i like to think of lando novak as like the mr like the drunk mr rogers of the blacksmith community (laughs) you know what i'm saying i can totally see that (laughs) <laughs> like he's got a, he wears like a hoodie and he could like take it off and put his boots on and be like, Hey everybody, I'm Lando <laughs> Let me just share with you what I'm doing this week. I want to see and a post of him working in the shop with a cardigan on <laughs> just to get that yes. full, that full Mr. Rogers effect. Yes. Oh yes. God, that's I love hilarious. it. I love it. I love it. And, and so I'm going to shout out a patron. He's a, it's a Raleigh, a boy. He posted, um, on Instagram. His Instagram only has 98 followers. So go out and find Raleigh. His handle is just a boy. So J U S T A B O Y eight one three. That's Raleigh. And I love this photo so much. It's an Ameribraid grinder. Okay. Mm. Uh, the fastback Ameribraid grinder, which I love a lot. And it's our hard work and good luck drive wheel. On. Nice. And it's it's just killer, man. I mean, it's you know, it's just such a cool collaboration because here's what here's the way I see it, and I think the guys over at Ameribraid see it as well. This way is that as long as the community is strong, which is what we believe in, then there's enough to go around for everybody. So we don't look at it like a, a competition. And I've talked a lot about free markets and like you know people 
stealing ideas or concepts and like, oh, that's not original or whatever. There's very few ideas out there that are original anymore. So, you know, the way that I see it, and I hope you guys see it too, is that, you know, when I see a, a cool collab like this where a guy has an Ameribrig grinder, but he throws a house-made wheel on it or whatever, it's just, it warms my heart because it makes me feel like, you know what, it we're all in this together, we're working together, and, you know, we're building a strong community. And that will lead us into the answer that I have for the recession question. Sure, sure. Brian or uh, Ben Siegel had in the for the after show because that's that's a big part of this answer. For sure, for sure. Well, dude, let's go ahead and get over on that after show. I I had a couple other pulled up, but I mean that was hey, too good of a shout transition. Out, I'm here, dude. I'm things are slowing down for me, so just yeah, shout them out. Do it. Do your thing. If you want to uh, mention a couple more people, I'm, I'll turn I'm, off the music. Uh, then I'll turn off the music. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. Mark Vanderwerf over at one one eighteen blades. He's got this K tip chef knife that he's finished up, and what's really cool, it looks like it's some sort of a pink uh, G ten handle, but it has like these skeletonized ovals going through the center there. I'm not quite yes. sure if it's just a weight reduction thing or it's a, if it's an aesthetic thing, but it's really working for me. I really like the design on that. Really well done. For yeah, sure. I do too. Yeah, he's coming up with some new stuff, and I really like that. And also, I just posted a, I shared a, a reel that uh, he's doing a collab with Matt Bicker in Holland of DIY Europe, and they're selling Mark's friction folders. I don't know yeah, if you've yeah. seen that. We actually but, talked uh, about it with when I was. Talk, when I was interviewing Matt Becker on the interview show, we were talking oh, about it a little bit. But yeah, I haven't heard that one yet. I need to listen to that one. So yeah, uh, and there's it's available now, so you can go get. And those friction folders look awesome, by the way. So Mark crushed it with that uh, that rollout. I had been I had been kind of scrolling through and kind of wanted to mention a couple of people that I notice are working really hard in the space. There's actually three of them and they all apparently, or as far as I know, they're all active patrons of the work for it podcast. One is Donnie Dulovich. So he's in Florida. He's not far from me. We uh, got a chance to see each other at uh, blade show uh, in Atlanta. Dude. Donnie is one of those guys that is just prolific. He is crushing it. And if you look at the the there's a set of three knives that are all Baker Forge and Tool, I believe, um, pieces of steel. But he's using some of your carbon fiber as a handle. Yes, he is. One of those. Oh my God, have you seen? I think it was a full set of six of those exact. Yes. It looks like the same profile, but different steels and different handle materials. Oh my God, I don't think X Forge has been any prettier than those knives right there. For sure. He he's crushing it on numerous levels. So if you want to see somebody doing excellent knife work and also has a solid, strong work ethic, Donnie underscore Dulovich, and that's D-U-L-E-V-I-C-H, uh, Donnie Dulovich. And then I'm going to shout out, I got to shout out Manny G over at Parable Knives, crushing it with the mono steels. I mean, he is just pushing out really interesting new types of work that are you know, you, you, you get to, when you scroll through WFI projects and I follow WFI projects, so I see it in my feed all the time. And you notice this, like certain people are pushing out more work and they're doing more things. They're experimenting. These three people, Manny G at Parable Knives, Donnie Dulovich, 
and um, Tortuga Blade Works. Mm-hmm. He's forging like a madman. I mean, he's just, and I don't know if you guys know, uh, he's a, he's also works in an ER in a hospital. So he's like mm-hmm. a full-time guy, and he's just, man, you know, when I see the amount of work being pumped out, it's like, how do these guys find the time? I don't know. And their work is super clean, and it's progressing. And, and he's got that better. that shirt we both got. Yeah, that thing is I know, fantastic. he sent me a shirt. Oh, wait a minute. Okay. So speaking of Christmas gifts, I got a couple of things in the mail this year. And one was the Tortuga Bladeworks shirt, which I absolutely fucking love that uh, logo that he has on there. Um, And then also Ethan the Hat, who is a patron of ours. He is a chocolatier. He's like a guy that makes pastries or not pastries. He makes chocolate chocolate candies, different types of chocolate candies. He just messaged me one day. He's like, hey, send me your address. I want to send you some chocolates. I get, he works for this company called Christopher Elbow. And now I am, I love food. You know, I'm, I love good food, you know. And I didn't, I've never had a Christopher Elbow chocolate in my life. I have, you know, I just, I'm familiar with Norman Love and some of those other ones, but I can never really afford it. And, you know, I'm too cheap to go out and buy stuff like that for myself. It's like a gift or for other people or whatever. Sure. And we get this box of, and it's a big box and it's got like, the insulation, you know, in it. So it's like a legit, like dry ice situation, you know. And he sent just like a, a pile of different types of chocolates and candies and all these things. Dude, Brian, it's like I've been savoring them, right? I just like one a day kind of thing because they're just, they're <laughs> in, but bro, it is like the most amazing thing you're it's i can't even tell you it's it's just thank you ethan thank you for turning my taste buds on i've I've really had a like lately i've been having like this this like thing in my head where i'm like god is anybody like i'm eating all the same foods you know i'm not Mm. i'm standard american diet you know pizza burgers tacos you know stuff like that i'm not venturing out much well this this changed my entire flavor profile for chocolate brian house the foodie Dude, he sent me a candy bar that's called like toasted corn and peanut butter or something. What? <laughs> Bro, it's it sounds weird, right? But it tastes like a like the most expensive Ritz cracker covered in chocolate you've ever had, if that makes okay. any sense. It's okay. so good. It it's just like and it's peanut buttery and Ah, oh, you crushed it, Ethan. Thank you, by the way. So I wanted to and, uh, give a shout out to those guys. Ethan, if you're thinking of a housewarming present, you know, I, I'm just saying I can send you my address. I, See, I, I open up a can of worms <laughs> for this shit now. Sorry, Ethan. Sorry about that. Oh, okay, shoot. so anyway, getting back to WFI projects, there's that, and uh, you know, check out those guys on. If you're not already following or contributing to WFI projects, it's the brainchild of Brian Cohn you know, B-Cone Knives, and and it has, let's just look, what's the total? We are at just under, just a smidge under 9,000 projects posted on WFI Projects. And that's been going on now for, what, a little over a year? Maybe two years we've been doing WFI Projects? I think it's a little over a year. I think I've only been around for just a little over a year at this point. So that would make sense. Yeah. yeah, so it's about a year. Nine thousand projects in a year—that's ridiculous. That is Insane. crazy for sure. 
So. And then the other last yeah. thing, so we were talking about doing the competition for the um, the WFI build along. So yes. I really want to get some. I want to get the people's feedback on what what you guys are interested in, and uh, yeah, I'm really hoping to get that going pretty soon after the new year. You know, maybe maybe mid mid um, January. I don't know. I don't know. What okay. do you guys think? I don't, I'm just trying to feel out what the people want. I don't know. Here's my take on it. I would do it either late January, early February. That okay. gives people time to recoup after the holiday, you know. Um, yeah, but, yeah, like late January, like maybe third or fourth week of January and, and then push it into Feb. See, the thing is, is I want to get it before tax season come through because a lot oh. of makers get a shit ton of orders through tax season. So I want to, I want to, in this gap between Christmas and tax season, you know, normally it's a pretty low time and people have time out in the shop. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I I agree with that. That's a good, that's a good thing. So, all right, Brian, hit that freaking music. Let's move ourselves into the after show. Yeah, man, let's do it. Where we'll answer Ben's question, his burning question. We've got recession on the horizon. We've got (laughs) darkness and doom and gloom happening it's raining down upon the maker community it is inevitable that we will all lose weight because we won't be able to afford christopher elbow chocolates (laughs) in our workshops and if you want to know how to you know sidestep all this stuff all you have to do is become a a patron it will tell you come on i'm gonna give you the answer on how to thwart the recession in the after show this might be the best invested dollar a month that is out there honestly can you imagine ten dollars and eighty cents you're gonna get the solution to the recession (laughs) let's do it let's do it adios y'all we appreciate you work for it adios all right let's get into this after show man all right give me like two seconds i need to hit the head real quick I, right. I'm, I've got my old man bladder. I'll be right back. And we're not cutting any of this, by the way. <laughs> oh, shit. Now I feel like I need to talk just in case we don't actually cut it. <laughs> no, I'm sure we'll cut it.